Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Watching With podcast. I'm Mariah Gates from Netflix, and this week I'm joined by director Peter Sullivan. Hello. And we'll be talking about his film Secret Obsession. There will be spoilers. This is a twisty film, so if you haven't already watched it, pause, watch it, then rewatch it with this, or watch along and just be spoiled as you watch. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so we're going to count down uh, to one and then press play. Three, two, one. Here we go. I'm 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 excited to do this. I'm a huge uh, commentary junkie. I've listened to a lot of them, and I find the most interesting ones are the ones that really take you into the set and the environment and what it was like making the movie. So hopefully, uh, I'll be able to uh, share some tidbits today. We love to hear it. Uh, so first off, uh, you'll see the shot with the uh, the rain on the glass. This was uh, something that we bring back at the end of the movie is sort of bookending uh, the story, but I wanted to open uh, with a sense of mystery that we don't know who, what, where, when, um, but we, we start off with a bunch of questions that we answer uh, little by little as the sequence uh, progresses. I love the green color to this. You really get that eerie feel. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, my cinematographer, Eitan uh, Almagoy, did a fantastic job with this film. And, um, yeah, we definitely wanted to feel kind of uncomfortable from the very beginning. Uh, that's definitely not a place you want to be. Is this heavy rain all a rain machine? Yes. So we had uh, rain towers. Uh, and it was actually really cold. We shot the film in the fall. Uh, and even for, for L.A., it was cold. And um, it was brutal on, on Brenda because she had to be outside without a jacket. And later, as you'll see, she actually had to lay on the ground uh, with the rain towers on her. Yeah, that's really that's really intense. Um, this sequence was filmed in an abandoned summer camp, uh, actually in Pomona, California, uh, with a facility formerly known as the uh, Lanterman Development Center, uh, which I'll go into detail about a little later. Uh, but this particular building is actually a former snack bar, oh. um, and so we dressed it to look like a rest stop. We put in the maps and brochures and vending machines. Were and... the horses already on the stalls? Yes. That's a lovely touch. <laughs> Um, although uh, now it's it's mostly cows, and you have to watch where you step. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of landmines uh, outside, and especially uh, when you have the, the the rain going and the mud, it starts to you know become difficult to tell the difference between mud and something else. I love this knife shot here, the the earlier one. You see that come back a few times in the film. Yeah, I wanted I wanted to to not only suggest the danger, but yes, give him a recurring. Uh, symbol so that when we see the knife later, we're like, oh, okay, something to identify him with. Um, we actually replaced the uh, passenger side, uh, the driver's side window here uh, with what's called candy glass so she could break through it uh, easily. Um, and if you see it, it kind of hangs in a way that real glass probably wouldn't, um, but it was safer for her. Um, to preserve the mystery of the sequence, we actually shot some of the sequence. Some of the sequence was shot with actor Mike Vogel, um, who, spoiler alert, is the villain. Um, uh, but we also shot some of it, like this uh, shot of him standing in the rain uh, with a double, because I didn't want to inadvertently give away anything with body language mm-hmm. or, oh, wait, that, he's standing the way that Mike stands. Sort so of I, how um, Fincher shot. Zodiac, where he had different yeah, people, and right. so you aren't ever sure. Exactly. Okay. So that was that was something that was important uh, for me. And we actually did winch this car, and Brenda was in it. Um, 
uh, not very fast. So as you see here, it's a, it's a very slow moving <laughs> process. Um, but it was great because it, the ground was mud, uh, especially when we were done with it. And uh, the car slid very easily. Was there cow droppings mixed in with the mud? I hope not. Okay. <laughs> we, we, had, we had one in King where the mud was a lot of horse <laughs> mixed in. <laughs> Uh, this stunt here is probably the most difficult thing we did in the entire film. Uh, we spent a whole night pretty much just on that alone. I'm assuming that's a stunt, th stunt was, double. That was a stunt double. And uh, it, it, it didn't quite go the way we, we it was supposed to um, because they had practiced it dry and we were in rain. And so the body didn't react to the windshield the way that we thought. But um, she was okay. Uh, but we took a lot of precautions. We had an ambulance on standby, medics, a uh, whole team. Uh, going, um, and it was important. We shot it with four cameras, including a GoPro mounted inside. And if you go back and look at it, uh, in the GoPro, you can actually see our trailers in the background <laughs> if you look really carefully uh, right before she gets hit. Was this um, hospital a real hospital? Or? It had been. It had been a real hospital. Again, this is the Lanterman Development Center in Pomona. Mm. And uh, it had been around since the 20s, and it was basically a state hospital. Uh, and if you look, it wasn't it, it wasn't a traditional hospital. And if you look at the windows on the doors, which you'll see later, you can tell really what it was designed for mm. initially. Um, but it was abandoned, so everything had to be brought in. All the equipment, uh, uh, set decoration, everything uh, had to be brought in. Yeah, it definitely has that sort of uh, vintage coloring with the walls right. and the teal what, what tiles. I, I, yeah, I wanted because it's supposed to be in the middle of nowhere. So I didn't want something that felt super modern. Mm -hmm. And I'd actually scouted it for something else. And I remember I remember when we were scouting it for the other movie, we knew this one was coming up. And I turned to the producer and I said, you know what, when, when Secret Obsession comes, we've got to look at this place because this is exactly what we're looking for. But even here, you'll see it doesn't really have a huge traditional waiting room and a check-in counter yeah. because it wasn't the kind of place you would go visit a loved mm -hmm. one. And here we have Mike for the first time. Yes. Playing the quote-unquote husband. The quote-unquote husband. <laughs> and I, I, I'll, I'll tell you, w one of the things I really wanted in, in this uh, role was someone who was not identified, uh, identified with playing a villain all the mm -hmm. time um, because I wanted the misdirect. And I knew Mike best uh, from the CBS series Under the Dome. And I felt that, um, you know, having someone who was known for playing pretty much like a very clean-cut, you know, hero would be the way to go for this uh, because you don't necessarily expect him. Yes, uh, kind of like um, Cary Grant in Suspicion, which there's a yeah. scene later in the film that feels very Suspicion-esque. Oh. I really enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah, no, they, I mean, you know, there's, there's the thriller is a great tradition in, in cinema, and so we try to, to, you know, everything from, you know, the old Hitchcock films mm -hmm. or whatever. There's always influences and things to, to find. So a couple of things we, we did skip. There was a great shot of her uh, being pushed down the, the hallway in the gurney. Mm -hmm. And we were physically incapable of mounting the camera to the gurney. So she's actually standing up oh. with the gurney propped up behind her with spinning lights to create the illusion that she's being pushed down the hall, but she's uh, really not. Uh, we also tried to use a lot of match cuts uh, uh, to take the audience through um, at least her fragmented memories. Uh, one of the challenges of having a protagonist with amnesia is that you're, you have an unreliable narrator. So mm -hmm. we, we wanted to use, you know, stylish lens flares and things like that to kind of hide uh, the fact that we weren't necessarily telling the truth. Um, 
his lighter was uh, important. It, it it seemed, you know, intentionally kind of, I wanted it to feel like a throwaway here. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, it comes back in a very important way uh, later in the movie. So White Oaks is the name that the production came up with for this yeah, hospital. That, that was uh, fictional. Um, and uh, it, this, this whole waiting room was built by uh, production designer Stephanie Hamilton and the art department um, because it had none. Uh, this was an interesting shot. Um, we, we wanted to do the transition in camera, so we did shoot it at night, but we had camera uh, lights placed outside the window so that with the flip of a switch, it became day. So that was in camera? Yeah, that was in camera. And then uh, obviously this, was, this part was shot during the day, mm-hmm. but the transition was, was done at night. And, um, you know, there was some discussion about the muddy boots and whether or not that gave too much away. But I wanted, you know, I wanted to be honest. And, I, and if the audience picked up on it, great. But I didn't want to, you know, have these immaculate shoes mm-hmm. that, that he realistically wouldn't have had. How long did Brenda have to keep her leg in the sling? <laughs> uh, probably about a couple hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, probably took it in and out, you know, in between yeah. in between takes. But um, I got to tell you, the, the makeup department, which was uh, headed by Megan Nicole, uh, did a great job with her bruising. And even though you don't really, you know, it, it's not something you're privy to on screen, you know, we had a full breakdown. So we knew exactly every scene, where we were, how many days, weeks, et cetera, since the accident, mm-hmm. so that the bruising always fit. You know, that we, we track the healing yeah. just perfectly. It's a really good touch. Yeah, and you definitely see her face a lot more swollen here. Mm-hmm. And Mike, you know, a fantastic actor, um, he wanted to make sure that we never misled the audience with his performance. So although he's playing a doting husband, he still wanted to make sure there was that touch of sociopath in there. Yeah. Y- which probably pick up better on second and third viewings. Yeah, there's um, a lot of, <laughs> lot of things that he says and does that could be sweet except if you know that they're not sweet and then you're like oh yeah that's right on the line there (laughs) yeah very important to him not to uh not not to play it over the top with with the uh, the loving uh here's uh dennis i was so excited to work with him i'm a huge 24 fan Um, this is actually uh, Simi Valley, California we shot this in a in a mall that we shot a few other things uh later in the film um, and then I, I, I like to try to use a lot of the same actors mm-hmm. in different films. So these two, we have Katie uh, behind the catch register and Jennifer with the child. They've both been in, in my films in the oh. past. That's a nice touch. So it's a c- cinematic universe now. Yeah. <laughs> I love the giant bear here. I always <laughs> wanted one when I was a kid. Yeah, I had this image of the bear sitting in the passenger seat of the car. And so then I kind of backtracked from there. Uh, and all, all of the, the toy elements came from the image of the, which you'll see later, of the closet full of toys. Mm-hmm. And, and I kind of went backwards from there. So these forest shots, were they uh, VFX? Or? No. So uh, uh, we, we, shot, we shot the film here in, in the L.A. area. This is Pomona again, that summer camp uh, at, at, at the Lanterman Development Center. But um, uh, in order to sort of complete the feel of the, the woods and everything, um, we did drone photography um, mm-hmm. in, in, in wooded areas, like uh, Sequoia, Yosemite, mm-hmm. um, to kind of fill in the, the gaps. But, yeah. you know, we picked locations, including this hospital uh, and the house that you'll see later, that were as wooded as we could get in mm-hmm. L.A., so that it all hopefully, you know, fit together seamlessly. 
As someone from Northern California, I couldn't quite tell. So, <laughs> good job. The, I mean, for example, the, the, the wound in an entire hospital, um, but we, shoo, we chose the room that she's in specifically mm. because it was the one with the most trees outside the window. That makes sense. So that was, it's, it's, you know, it was all intentional. I also like that um, for his character to be the nice guy, he's wearing glasses. That's a nice yeah. spin on that it, it, It's nice. And, and um, you know, one of the things that we kind of came up with in the performance is that he's not used to wearing them. So if you notice, every once in a while he's kind of fidgeting. He's uncomfortable with them. Mm-hmm. And, and that was something that's it's just sort of like, hmm. You know, someone who's used to wearing glasses every day, as I do, uh, uh, you kind of get used to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's not. And that was, a, that was a nice touch. I also like this National Geographic that's floating around the mm-hmm. waiting room. Oh, this shot I really liked. I wrote this down because of the height difference there. <laughs> so well, I mean, yeah, Den- Dennis is is obviously taller than everyone else. Yeah. So, and there's a couple shots with 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 Brenda that were that were tricky um, because of the big height mm-hmm. difference between them. Uh, so this house here uh, is also at that uh, facility. So in addition to having uh, the hospital, the summer camp, and a number of kind of clinical uh, outbuildings, they also had residences that they used to use for the medical staff. Oh. And this is one of them. Uh, we see some more later. Um, but like the hospital, it was completely unfurnished, so everything had to be brought in, uh, um, even the curtains and, and everything. Um, the house was completely empty. And uh, Dennis actually, uh, it wasn't in the script. He, he added the crying here, which, which I thought um, really took the emotion up a, a notch even more than what was on the page but there's my my closet full of of yeah. un, un, unopened toys which comes back really nicely at the end of the film yeah where you see him sort of healing i also love this unicorn light and how he uses that later in the film <laughs> well so this is this is how sometimes the the um uh the the necessity of the story kind of filled in the gap so mm-hmm. we needed a light for later in the film when he's trapped in the freezer and so he said, well, what if, what if his daughter had this light and then worked backwards from mm-hmm. there? It works really nicely. <laughs> so again, this is, this is an abandoned hospital, so everything you see. And every once in a while, you'll see, you'll see touches that really give away that, you know, it was really built in a different uh, period. So I read that hippocampus means seahorse in Greek. <laughs> and that's because our brains are shaped like seahorses. I really? That's what, you know, that was my cursory research on Because I was like, is hippocampus really a thing? I don't know anything. I'm not a brain surgeon. It, 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 it <laughs> apparently is a thing. But, like, for example, you, you see those, those lights uh, behind them, the, the numbers. Um, you know, they, it's, it's sort of like reminds me of an old diner where it tells the waitress what, what table or whatever needs help. But in the case of those hospital rooms. Yeah. So, um, you know, again, Mike's approach with the doctor, um, you know, he's really playing it two different ways. One is the concerned husband who's worried his wife won't remember him, and the other is the would-be killer who's concerned his prey will remember mm-hmm. him. Uh, and you really, you know, it's a credit to Mike. You can watch the scene both ways. Yeah. And even this scene, you know, I, I, I wanted it to be uncomfortable because after this she starts to warm up to him and accept him, and sometimes first impressions are, are the best. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I didn't want her to just, you know, jump into his arms, that I wanted there to be some hesitancy 
um, for good reason. And her her emotional journey in her performance is really great because mm-hmm. she really does start to open, and then she yeah. sees something that calls it all into question. You know, in, in a way, it was kind of a shame because I, I, I felt they had such great chemistry together that it, it, it would be nice to maybe do a, like a straight love story uh, <laughs> without the crazy, mm-hmm. um, just because I thought they were good together. And in the, in the times that they're happy, you'll see a montage coming up. Um, you know, I really, I really felt that, that they were good together. And there, there was a world where perhaps these two could have been a couple. Yeah. But if you look out the windows behind them, you see those trees that uh, I talked about. So uh, this is an example um, because we wanted to use the, the the cinematographer and I wanted to use the um, the lenses to kind of you know paint this picture of him. So we intentionally used uh, wide angle lens on his close ups just to make it a little uncomfortable. If you see his close-ups and her close-ups mm-hmm. are, are, are differently. Um, so the, the inside of the police station is, again, one of those uh, clinical buildings uh, uh, in Pomona, and uh, the counter is actually a nurse's station. Mm. And we built the, uh, the bullpen in the hallway and then capped it with a fake wall so that it looks like a room. So that wall behind him right there is actually fake. Uh, it's really another hallway that leads to more patient rooms. I like that um, he kind of looks like Bullet here a little bit in yeah. his styling. Mm-hmm. Gives you a good idea of what kind of detective he is. <laughs> well, I intentionally wanted to create different worlds because, um, you know, he's not from the, 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 the rural mountain area that the house is in. Mm-hmm. So I, I wanted to create a, a difference between the detective world and, and the world that they come to inhabit. And there's another, um, so Scott Pete, uh, who played the driver here, uh, he's been in, in uh, another film of mine. He's a, he's a good actor. And the funny thing is, so he's, you know, he's done a series of commercials for insurance. Mm. And we know Dennis Haysburg's yeah. done Allstate. So it didn't occur to me until we were shooting the scene that we, uh, <laughs> we had a little insurance Allstate thing going there. That's funny. Uh, another actor that I've worked with, Michael Patrick McGill, uh, who uh, has been on Shameless, and he was in the, he met his end in the beginning of the last Annabelle movie. Mm, um, more spoilers. And I, I wanted, you know, I wanted someone who who really inhabited the part because it's a small part but important. And um, you know, I thought, hey, what about what about Mike? So the, all of this uh, in this police department is all art directed like the messy desks and everything yeah no it would come again to put a completely abandoned wow. clinic wow uh so all the desks all the props bulletin boards uh even that little plant uh behind them so uh right there you saw a red herring mm, uh, yes. mr khan um who played by a fellow massachusetts native paul sloan who in addition to being a great actor is also a wonderful screenwriter mm. and that's how i actually met him he was he had sent a script over and uh, i didn't know at the time he was an actor um but then when this part came up i thought hey you know here's an opportunity to to work with him um i want to just talk about brenda for a second I, she's she's not only, I mean, she's she's wonderful in the film, but she also really lobbied hard for this part. Um, and uh, I, I felt that because, you know, a lot of the audience grew up with her, mm-hmm. that, that you know, 
there would be an investment in in her character emotionally um you know because we we feel very comfortable with her we're very familiar with her and and it was just i think the right combination and later i'll point out some times we really you know it's it's her performance that carries a lot of the tension really does. and and I have some examples coming up that I'll, I'll I'll talk to about that so um and we learn later Russell's uh, photos of, of Jennifer have been photoshopped. And ironically, the first passes that we did on them were too real. Mm. Um, that, that as the suspicion grows, I wanted there to be subtle flaws she could pick up on. But they were so well done that there was nothing for her to, to be suspicious about. So um, we actually had to go back and, and, and make them, make them less, a little less good. <laughs> less good. Yeah. Um, a lot of the challenge in, in writing this was credibly plugging the logic holes. So uh, naturally, should want to talk to her parents and, and connect with her friends. And so, you know, as, you know, working on the script and then the film, we had to kind of keep one step ahead, though that, you know, he would have an answer ready. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, I'm sorry, your, your parents are deceased or your friends are on vacation or whatever to kind of cover himself. It's a lovely car. How did this car get? Um, well, because the character... Is is sort of the red herring, and I wanted to create, you know, something identifiable that that Russell could recognize and track. Um, I wanted something distinctive, uh, and also later the detective actually mentions the car uh, in a conversation, kind of inadvertently tipping off Russell as to who his uh, source was. Uh, but interestingly, we moved the earlier scene with the with the in the police station came after this originally, and this was the first time you were supposed to see the character. Um, but the advantage of, of moving it up is now when we see him here, we already know he was at the accident. Mm-hmm. You know, he's supposedly a witness, but as a red herring, it's potential, you know, he might have been doing something else there. It's also a nice play on, like, Mike's character looks very clean cut, but he's really the villain, and this guy looks a little... So suspect, but he's actually just a concerned exactly. guy. Exactly, and 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 Paul doesn't you know usually look like that. That he you know um, he was actually he's actually in Green Book, and he he's very clean cut. Mm. And I remember watching Green Book, and I'm like, I think that guy looks so familiar, but I couldn't place it because he didn't have he didn't have the hair and the and the beard. I remember we had to. We had to like learn how the memory games work, work in order to do this. Uh, but again, here's here's that that moment where it's like, you know, I, I, I they are they're kind of cute together, and yeah. and it's it's that was very charming to me. Uh, but I, we needed to accomplish two things with this montage: one, continue the misdirect of him being the doting husband, but also provide a period of time that was believably. Uh, long enough to, for her to heal, mm-hmm. um, because clearly at the beginning of the story she she's not going home at all. She's not going to move, and I needed to create a, you know, a a, a realistic envi- a place for her to be at that she could leave. Um, so nurse the nurse masters here, uh, played by Ashley Scott, who has uh, I've worked with m- several times, uh, not only as a director but also films that I produced. And uh, I was a fan of hers back when she was on the series uh, Birds of Prey and Jericho. And uh, we're just absolutely uh, thrilled to have her. I love the color of the balloons here. It's sort of an unexpected palette. <laughs> yeah, the balloons, um, again, I had, I, going back to I had this image of, of the wheelchair going through the parking lot with the balloons. 
And then we kind of work backwards from there. But you'll notice once they get to the house, the balloons kind of disappear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we never see them again. Um, but again, I thought it was, you know, it was something nice that he would come, you know, that he would have this this happy gift for her. Yeah. So throughout the the film, we do these these match cuts uh, showing her her fragmented memory, and. Um, you know, I I wanted to kind of increase them as the story goes, uh, as the memory starts coming back, um, but again, be 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 careful never to, you know, never to lie to the audience. Mm-hmm. And there there's there's a period where her imagination starts filling in the gaps, but we've set it up early stylistically that I think it all kind of fits the the dual realities. So here's this is. Um, I think this was shot outside of Yosemite, Hmm. this one. It definitely Uh, looks... Yeah, this was Sequoia. Definitely Um, looks like Northern California. Yeah. Yeah, we we knew in order to get that kind of wooded terrain, we would have to leave Southern California for sure. Now, this so-called secluded mountain house is about a mile from the beach. Oh. (laughs) This is Malibu. And um, it's 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 a it's a gorgeous it's a gorgeous house, but it is absolutely not secluded in any way. That is the magic of form. Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, uh, I had just the right amount of trees that you couldn't necessarily see the houses, um, but it's it's very much not secluded. Um, yeah, the and, interior design of it really hits that gothic tone. Yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah, I you know, and, and, and it, it is an enormous house, um, but I don't think it 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 plays that that crazy on screen. You know, mm-hmm. it just feels like you said it. It's got a gothic quality. It's got, you know, it's a, a, a woodsy quality, and it was hard to find this house in L.A. Um, we we looked at a lot of houses in a lot of different areas, trying to find something that you know. In, in in say Utah would have been very easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, here it was was much more difficult. Uh, that photo that she just picked up was another example of of a picture that had to be redone because it was a little too too good, a little too good. Um, a few days before we started filming, we actually brought Brenda, Mike, and Danny Bucco, who you'll see later plays the the real husband, uh, to a production company offices, and we spent the day doing nothing but taking photos. And it was wedding photos and party photos and dating photos and photos with the family and all this kind of stuff um, because that was so important to the to the film. Well, there was another one of those, those flashbacks. All the, the honeymoon uh, uh, sequences were shot, again, in Pomona at one of the houses. And it was uh, like this little mini mansion that they have on site, which I thought looked like the kind of idyllic romantic environment one might spend their their wedding night. Mm-hmm. Um, so the backyard isn't, as I said, isn't as secluded as it appears. The tree line hides a number of uh, nearby homes, including one that was having construction Ooh. done on it at the time of filming. So here we are. We're shooting this dialogue about how peace and peaceful and quiet it is, uh, and the neighbor being over a mile away. Um, but there's the repeated sound of hammering during the filming <laughs> of the scene, which we had to remove uh, in post. Um, 
uh, fans of the HBO series Secession uh, might recognize some of this property, including the back porch and the gardens from the opening credits of that show. Oh. Um, there's an iconic shot in, in, the, in the opening that has uh, the family all lined up and you see the, the feet of the, the children. And that was done right there on that, uh, on that porch. Same house. And I didn't, I didn't realize that I'm watching Secession. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> I know that house. <laughs> I wanted to give a little bit of foreshadowing that Archway plays an important part later. Um, but as much as I could, I tried to use camera moves and, and little, little cutaways and things just to kind of hint uh, at the second half of the story and where we were, where we were headed. Uh, now, unfortunately... Uh, about a week after we, we left this location, so while we were still filming uh, in Pomona, the infamous Woolsey fire uh, came through this area. Oh. And uh, the house was spared, but a lot of the trees you saw in the backyard are gone. Oh, wow. Um, Did you, you have to suspend um, production, or was it right after? Luck, I mean, I, I, mean, I hate to use the word luckily, but um, fortunately for production, we had finished uh, the Malibu portion and moved on to Pomona okay. right when the fire had hit. Um, the art department added those wood paneling, uh, the wood paneling to the walls. Um, it was literally just all white, kind of like what you see there by the, the window. And I, I, I didn't want to lose that cabin feel. And it was important because we spend so much time in this room that I really wanted the, the, the master bedroom to reflect, uh, the environment, you know, though so it was important to have the windows and the trees and everything and the wood paneling kind of fills that in. Um. This is a great shot where she's so clearly unsure. Yeah, that, the mirror we put in there for, for, for two scenes, one of which actually was removed from the film that we'll talk about in a little bit, but um, there was a great shot of the mirror that came later in the film that was something we kind of found by accident. And, and at the scene when he comes in and got the rope and you see the mirror, mm -hmm. on one, um, which we'll, we'll get to. But but um, yeah, I wanted I wanted there to be a mirror for her to be able to look into, and just kind of look back at herself and wonder what's going on. Um, I love the uh, you know there's there's a lot of layers going on here in this particular scene. You have the concerned detective. Um, you know, the lying would be killer and the suspicious wife. <laughs> and each one of them is, is sort of having a different experience of the same conversation. And it was, it was important to me that the audience understand all three points of view and never lose track of, of who is believing what at this point. Um. Yeah, I also like that he steps outside to get better reception and that's something she tries to do later yeah. only to realize her phone We'll never get good reception. <laughs> well, uh, having 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 spent uh, a couple weeks in that house, I can tell you there's nowhere to get good reception. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a cell phone uh, dead zone. Um, so actually, in, in reality, he wouldn't have had to do anything. Um, she would have been uh, out of luck. But again, it just, I mean, it's, every, to, to be able to look you know, literally 360 degrees in, 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 that, in that property and see nothing but trees was, we were, we were so lucky. And it was actually, it was an accident. I had looked through pictures of, of houses and picked one that I wanted to go see and gave it to the location manager who then set up the scout to this house. And I'm standing there and I'm really falling in love with this house, but then I realized this is the one in the picture. Oh. 
they had sent me to the wrong place. Oh, that's uh, funny. But it worked. It, it, worked, it out. worked out. Yeah. Now, there was a deleted scene right before this uh, where we saw Brenda getting dressed for dinner. And this was a- that scene was actually the introduction to her back tattoo, which comes in later. Mm-hmm. Um, but the pacing, I thought, was lagging a little bit to have yet another kind of quiet scene with her in the room. So uh, I thought it was better to lose it. You still get the introduction to the back tattoo later. Mm-hmm. Um, but there had been a moment there setting it up where she saw it in the mirror and was looking at it. Um, so this dinner scene is another kind of example of how we have to stay like a step ahead of the audience um, because we needed the needed an explanation for the phone call uh, that was believable believable enough that Jennifer would continue to cooperate mm-hmm. um, and not be too suspicious. Also, as I mentioned earlier with the parents, you know she's going to ask about friends. Where where you know, don't I know anybody? Yeah, and and I find that the best way to deal with those is to literally have the film ask the same questions, mm-hmm. even hopefully before the audience thinks of them. Um, and so this was, this was a big reason for this for this scene. It's like, okay, we're here, you know, here are two characters, what about this, that, this? Makes you wonder kind of what his long game here is, though, because like some, at some point Nancy and Josh are back from Hawaii, right, supposedly. <laughs> well... Um, you know, one of the things, that, and, and we he, he comes, he, he sort of explains it later when when uh, there's a scene where he kind of like lays next to her on the bed and starts kind of explaining, you know, what his plan was. And, you know, one of the things that I thought was interesting is that there really wasn't a plan mm-hmm. initially, that he had gone to kill her and that she had gotten away. And, you know, fate gave me a chance, he says, mm-hmm. then cut to him in the hospital. So basically, her amnesia was a gift to him. And he kind of making it up as he goes along, which I think, you know, is is one of the interesting things about his story is occasionally he does slip. And, you know, I, I, I feel that makes him, you know, not just a villain, but also, you know, human as well. Yeah. And, I love and, this uh, sound cut here where it went from the <laughs> soft music yeah. at the dinner to this. Like loud music. Yeah. So again, you know, the, the importance of that car, the minute we see it, we know who it is, even without, um, you know, even before we see him get out. There had been a scene earlier that we had cut uh, when he was at the hospital talking to the nurse and we saw Russell watching where Russell followed him home that night. And we felt it was a little too much too soon. Mm-hmm. And so we, we, we cut it. And then so the question is, well, how does Russell know where he lives? And, um, you know, I, I, I figured because he had that distinctive car, he had seen him at the hospital that there would be ways that he could he could track him down. It's pretty believable that this guy would do pretty much anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to keep the secret at this point. But also this is the part where if you didn't already know Yes. You know now that this guy's a MacGuffin and that <laughs> Russell's not who he thinks you know, who he we say, think he is. Well he's only a MacGuffin for about another twenty seconds, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Red herring. Now he's um, now he's nothing. <laughs> that was interesting. I wanted I wanted this attack um, to yeah to show obviously the 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 the, the viciousness uh, of 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 my character, um, but in, intentionally mirror the scene later with the detective, so that when he has Dennis in a similar situ- similar position uh, in the finale, that we were worried. For him, because we see clearly here what he's capable yeah, of. Yeah, and he's, he's got that strength. Yeah.
then we're coming up to the part where Brenda, Brenda's character finally sees yes. something that makes her question what she's yeah. already questioning, but now she's really questioning it. The, the, the body in the backyard was a, a point of debate during the production. I, I needed to kind of do two things with it. It, 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 needed to, it needed to be clearly visible, but the, the danger was that, you know, leaving any trace at all would, would make Mike look, uh, or the character of Russell, look not, not that, that bright. And I remember we, we had a lot of debates about, you know, how much, uh, how much of a mound to leave, mm-hmm. you know, how much of a trace to, to have her see. Because, again, like you said, I needed to keep that suspicion alive. But, you know, we, we tested various mounds to see how much, you know, what was, what was the least amount we could have before you didn't notice it was there. Mm-hmm. And, and he wouldn't do these things perfectly because he's never, supposedly never done anything like this before. Right. So. Unless we want a prequel. Yeah. <laughs> I, I also really love how he just tells her what all her favorite things is and she doesn't know. So like egg scrambled soft, maybe that is her favorite. Maybe it's not, but she's just going to trust that he's telling her the truth. I mean, I love that if you look at that plate, it's like the biggest mound of eggs. <laughs> so at, least, at least four eggs. But it's always interesting when you shoot cooking scenes because they really had to make that stuff. And and inevitably, you always leave, you know, you always go home at the end of the day wanting whatever it was they were cooking in that kitchen um, because it just, you're inundated with it all day long. And then now she's having a memory, so now it all feels like maybe all of it's true because of the fresh squeezed orange juice. It's good. Mm-hmm. It's a good way to really have her almost, yeah. you know, feel like she's coming into real memories. Exactly. Stop doubting herself. Um, and again, the 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 importance of that mound, um, you know, just just enough for her to 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 have a symbol. And um, so the original draft of the script had a much smaller role. Uh, for Detective Page, um, but as as we kind of went through the development process, I realized that we we needed a, a method to get out of that house mm-hmm. because it, it was it, you know originally once they got to the house, you pretty much never left, and I felt that we needed to be with him on the investigation um, for 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 two reasons: one, because I kind of wanted to show that there was a collision coming. You know that eventually they would, you know, that these two forces would would come together. Uh, but also, I, I wanted to be able to give the audience a, a realistic reason to be <laughs> to be out of that house. Mm-hmm. Um, it also puts the film sort of in this nice noir place where it's not just a women in jeopardy; it's yes. also a detective noir mm-hmm. mixed together. Well, that's uh, Casey Leach there, who plays the other uh, uh, the other cop, and uh, he's been in a bunch of my films. And um, I first met him. We did a we did a biopic uh, of Coy Haim and Coy Feldman called Tale of Two Coys, and he played the adult Coy Haim in oh. it, and he was really really good. And so he's someone that I enjoy working with. And you know, we had this part, and I then called him up and said, "Hey, do you mind uh, coming down and being in the movie?" So earlier, uh, uh, when he was driving, you heard this kind of like haunting choral voice. Um, that's actually the wife of, of our composer, uh, Jim Dooley. And I've known Jim uh, since we were in film school together hmm. uh, back at back at NYU. He did, he did my student films, uh, and I hadn't worked with him since. And so 
um, you know, just just with an opportunity to to work with him, and then he brought his his wife in to do the uh, the voices. But he's a wonderful composer. He actually won uh, an Emmy for uh, the ABC series Pushing Daisies Aww. that he did the uh, the score for. I love this car choice for the detective because it's both old fashioned and sort of that family car. Right. Uh, you know, there's a casting process not only for the actors but also for the cars hmm. as well. Where you you get your you get your headshots. You know, and you look at them, and then you're like, okay, well, which one's actually running? Mm-hmm. You know, and which one can we get? Um, and you kind of whittle it down to, because, yeah, I didn't, I wanted, also, I didn't want any of the cars to feel particularly brand new, mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, I, I wanted them all to have this kind of utilitarian kind of vibe, and that one kind of fit. So here's another flashback. Um, you see the lens flares that we were using, um, but now she kind of, she filled in all the gaps mm-hmm. with with what she believes uh, be to be the truth, and you'll you'll see these these same shots later. But the funny thing is, they were all shot at the same time. Mm. So literally, we would shoot we would shoot them kissing, and then Mike would go out and Danny would come in. <laughs> so we were, and I remember she she you know she had a good laugh <laughs> over that. Were the photos earlier in the album? There's photos of her as a kid. Were those real photos of They're Brenda? The real. Those are a real uh, photos from her, and it's adorable. Mm. And it's it's interesting, you know. I, I try to do that as much as possible. Um, and usually, you know, uh, actors are very cooperative in sharing that stuff with you. Um, you know, I, I just wrapped another film uh, in which we did the same thing, and I was able to fill the set with childhood photos of a, a, a leading actress, and it was it was great. Yeah, you know, because it just that's you know that's reality, and and she was a cute little kid. So um, the staircase, obviously, is super important. And um, a lot of the houses that I, you know, had looked at that were kind of finalists uh, didn't have quite the stairs that I wanted. Mm-hmm. And I remember the, the location people were like, well, are the stairs that important? I'm like, yes, the staircase <laughs> is important. I need, not only do I need a big staircase, but I need to be able to shoot it, you know, in a, in a variety of different ways. Mm-hmm. So I wanted it to be open so that I could put the camera pretty much anywhere, you know, so that I always had a relative distance to the ground um, because, you know, aside from the seclusion, the staircase is probably the most important uh, thing in the whole the whole house. Yeah, and there's some really, you achieve some really wonderful shots of it throughout the film. They get more and more menacing mm-hmm. as the tension ramps up. It does. And I, I tell you, the, the challenge is because it's, it's, because it's an isolate, it's a, a kind of a, you know, it's it's a um, it's a, it's a very small film in terms of location. You know, you're in the same rooms mm-hmm. a lot, and to shoot them, to find different ways to shoot them each time you're in there. Like, okay, well, how did we shoot the staircase last time? Mm-hmm. And how we, and we would be we would catch ourselves setting up shots and be like, eh, nope, we did this, we did this in the last stair scene. We have to do something different. You know, and you're constantly challenging yourself to find new ways to to shoot the stairs or the bed or you know. The kitchen or whatever room you're in. Um, but I tell you, one of the things that Brenda did really, really well was selling the pain. And you saw that when she was going down the stairs. Oh, yeah. And there's some other moments and examples of that later. But if you just imagine those sequences without it, you know, it's, it's how much the tension leans on her to fill in that gap. Every, every time they do something to her foot, because the, <laughs> the makeup really yeah. sells... What pain, how much pain she's in, yeah. and then her face sells it, and the, just the body language. 
Now, and we actually added some grunts on the stairs later uh, just to amplify it, you know, um, because I, I, I think everyone kind of, you know, one of the things I think was pretty universal is we've all hurt our foot at one point or another. Mm-hmm. And, and we know what it's like to try to walk on it, you know, even if it's just a sprain, you know, let alone what she went through, um, you know, what, what that would be like. So the, the trick here is he, he, we, wanted her, we wanted him to give her the phone, but we also needed to have a plausible reason why he had opened it and why she's not curious, hey, this is not wrapped. Why yeah. is it not, you know, in the package? And, you know, oh, well, I, I had them set it up for you, mm-hmm. you know, um, which, is, which is very believable. And I think it put almost, you know, I, I can't remember the last time that I, I bought a phone that they didn't open in the store and try exactly. to get to work. But it's like, you know, it, again, there's always two reasons for everything. Mm-hmm. So it's that, um, is he a caring husband or is he, mm-hmm. you know, a kidnapper? Yeah. Works so, both ways. <laughs> <laughs> so here we are back in Pomona. This is the, uh, this is the uh, I'll call it a neighborhood. That's really what it is, um, where the, the doctors and the nurses and whatnot used to, to live when they, when they worked there. And uh, it looked like a nice, quiet place, but uh, right behind uh, the house is about five railroad tracks. Oh, wow. And it goes all night long. And I actually shot a movie here uh, about a year before um, uh, for the sci-fi channel called Kikui. And it had a rear window component. And so I needed a street where I controlled not only the protagonist's house, mm-hmm. but all of the neighbor's houses because she was always watching what's going on over here, mm-hmm. what's going on over here. And so when we found the street, it was exactly what we needed because I could put, you know, the cute boy she had the crush on across the street and the creepy neighbor next door. And I controlled all of these houses. Um, but like everything else in the place, none of it was furnished. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you'll see, you'll see, and that same, the same, yeah, the same neighborhood uh, where G- uh, Mr. Khan got killed uh, earlier, and 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 we returned to this neighborhood uh, one more time for the investigation uh, later. This is the part where we finally get literally all the questions we've had: Why didn't anyone run <laughs> the prints? Why didn't? Ha- why did they let her go home with him? Um, and they all seem it's pretty plausible. Like, yeah, you know. The- there's, Except for him, where he's so frustrated, like, oh my god, I can't believe they did this. <laughs> there's, I mean, there's, there's, there's so many drafts, and every time we thought we had them all, another one would come up. Well, what about this? What mm-hmm. about that? What about this? And and I mean, the truth is, you're not going to get all of them. There's still always a couple that that somebody will ask. Oh, what about this? And oh, you know, one we missed one. Yeah. Um. Uh, and also for the actors too. I mean, because. The thing is, you know, they've got to believe it when they're doing a scene, mm-hmm. that, that it's bulletproof, that there's no problem. And so even in the course of shooting the film occasionally, we would come up with yet another one and then have to, you know, kind of on the day come up with a solution on how are we going to get around this, this problem or this issue. Do you think he stole her clothes from her previous home or bought her a bunch of new clothes? He bought her a bunch of new clothes. There was, okay, so the scene that we talked about where, um, where she was trying on, where she was seeing the back tattoo for the first time, mm-hmm. uh, she made a comment that um, the clothes had tags oh, on them. There you go. And he passed it off as uh, that they had bought clothes for the, for for the honeymoon. honeymoon. That makes yeah. sense. That's good. But it didn't fit. Didn't yeah. fit right. He had he had he misjudged her size, um, and again, I mean, there's there's just a number of things that we could have put back in, but the movie would have been not as tight. No, yeah, not at all. 
And I feel like, especially for a thriller, you know, pacing is so important, uh, even more than just the detail about mm-hmm. the tags on the clothes. But, you know, one of the one of the things I want to talk about here with, with Mike's performance is, you know, we had a lot of debate about how how far to take the character. Because if you took the script at face value, he would have been ranting and raving. You know, even in this scene, it would have been like, you know, you, you won't let me do this, you won't let me do that, what's wrong with you? You know, and instead, he took it very kind of understated, quiet, even when he, even here. Mm-hmm. You know, he could have stood up and just started, you know, being a lunatic, but no, he just, he sat there, very controlled, very calm. And I remember... You know, on the when we first started shooting, you know, we talked a lot about like Ted Bundy. Mm-hmm. You know, and he had been watching videos of Ted Bundy, and 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 he sent me the links, and I was looking at them too. Um, and it was it was different than what was on the page, but I'd say it was far more effective. Mm-hmm. You know, and I look at these scenes, and and you know, even this here with with Bundy's great reaction, you know how how that could have been undone if his performance wasn't. You yeah, know, that jet on. that slow burn of a of the terror that's within mm-hmm. him is so much more effective. But also, I love this. Like he's always watching her, <laughs> just always. I know there. Mike and I had. A, I'll be honest. We had a disagreement about this scene, and um, you know, I I I I thought you needed it, mm-hmm. and and I wanted to just add that extra, you know, layer on there. I think it, it calls back to what you find out that he was always watching her in the office too, exactly. really nicely. So here we have some more photos that were taken um, before production um, started. All these, uh, you know, these injury photos and everything. I remember they were taken in our office conference room, and we just moved the conference table out of the way and, <laughs> and took these crime scene photos. Um, and. You know, one of the one of the things that it was really important to me is that we never let the detective and the audience get kind of too far ahead of of Jennifer. Mm-hmm. But I didn't, you know, I didn't want the audience to be frustrated with her, and I knew that could be frustrating for the audience. So, um, I we needed to make sure that you know information was coming in at the same time, constantly. So here we have this big reveal about uh, Russell and the truck, but I wanted to make sure that didn't happen until the scene in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. You know, that we needed to kind of make sure that all of this information was doled out uh, very purposefully. So, um, so without the uh, the earlier scene, this becomes the first time that we set up the... Uh, the back tattoo, and and the purpose of that was I wanted something, a, a, a kind of identification that Russell couldn't manipulate mm-hmm. or confiscate, you know, um, and something that was also somewhat hidden. That's why we put it on her back, um, so that it wasn't something that was staring you straight in the face. And so I thought that the idea of giving her a heritage tattoo um, was a, a good way to accomplish that. Yeah, I actually had to look up what a heritage tattoo was because I'd yeah. never heard of that. Um, um, I hadn't, before. you know, again, this is this is like, you know, when you're, when you're working on a script 
and you have a problem, you know, Google is your friend. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, what, you know, you know, and I came up with a whole list. Like, what, what are different things that we could have? And, and I'm not into tattoos. I don't have any. Um, but finding that was sort of like, you know. It's, just, it's really great because yeah. it gets you the identification, but also you find out her last name. Mm-hmm. It's like... Now they, yeah, they are. So they are real. Um, the only thing we did fudge a little bit was they're, they're typically more complex mm-hmm. than what you see here. Um, but again, I, I had to make sure that it was something the audience could grab quickly. You know, I, I didn't want a family crest that was so complicated that you'd have to stare at it. You know, maybe take a screenshot for later. Mm-hmm. You know, something that was easily identifiable. So when you saw it later in the film, you, oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. So you know. With the development of finding the video and also the the bedroom scene, the way we started shooting him is and and his approach to the performance changes. So now we've kind of we've we've left you know the happy honeymoon period behind, mm-hmm. and even the way that he hides his face with the flowers and everything, um, you know, it's taking what really is a sweet moment, a husband bringing his wife flowers, and just makes it dark. Mm-hmm. And and this scene actually set up, there was a, a scene that followed this again uh, that we cut for pacing. It was actually the first scene in the movie we shot um, where after this, they went for a walk in the garden to look at the flowers. Uh. And uh, she was looking for escape routes the whole time. And uh, again, it was a, a great moment, but you know we needed to get back to the investigation. We needed to start, you know, keep unraveling mm-hmm. clues. I felt like we were kind of stuck in one place it's a nice touch that they're peace lilies too it's mm-hmm. like so we're we're gonna we're back at the Simi Valley Mall um in this particular space was originally a, an eyelash place so if you look at the wall oh. behind him there are these yeah. eyelashes um which uh really concerned me but luckily not, not too many people picked up on the uh, the eyelashes on the wall but um we built this tattoo shop in, inside um, there were we we looked at act, actual tattoo shops, but you know one of the things about production is you need to be able to combine your locations together, especially a, a scene like this, which is only a, a one scene location. Mm-hmm. You know, every time you have something like this, you can't move to a different location. So I needed to shoot this where I could choose something else, which included the um, the t- the toy card at the beginning of the mm. film. Yeah, so this car's not moving. Um, you know, it's just, uh, we, we, it's called poor man process. You uh, you just rock the car back and forth and, and shine some lights through the window, but it's, uh, Dennis is not actually driving. So now we get the other side of the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. So she must have driven pretty far if she got all the way up to... Yeah. Yeah, and actually, I mean, I'll, I'll 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 talk about it. one of the things that we kind of rewrote in post was the geography of the the movie. So while originally, you know, everything in the you know the 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 they, they were in the woods north of San Francisco and all that stuff was there, but she had originally come from the L.A. area, mm. and we did not buy that he would drive all the way down to Orange County to visit her parents. So we digitally changed the address on the on the envelope oh, wow. to San Jose. Um, which was not the original, which was not what we shot initially. Um, but it was a case of where in post-production, 
you have an opportunity to, you know, even rewrite your story further. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find that, that, you know, really, you know, to use the post-production process is, is a way to refine, you know, and not be afraid to, well, this was what was in the script. We've got to stick to it, um, you know, to, to embrace, you know, what you have and, and not be afraid of, of changing it if it makes the movie better. Mm-hmm. So again, this house was empty. Uh, so we brought in not only the, the rotten food, but also the furniture. Um, and I, 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 you know, I, I love, I love how this sequence was, was lit and, and yeah, the color uh, of the light coming from the light. Yeah. Flashlight is lovely. Brings I remember that, the, the blue shade back from the beginning. And, and that the, 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 the flashlight didn't work. Uh, at all, so most of these, <laughs> most of these shots were 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 either started or followed by the the light flickering, mm. uh, and we just kind of cut around it. Originally, we were going to have um, uh, CG flies in here, but but I opted against it. And also, I I I I didn't want to have too much of a hint of what was coming mm-hmm. uh, before this. So the the bodies, if you think they're gruesome now, they were really gruesome when we got them, and so we actually had to to build them up to make them look less skeletal. Okay. Um, and we we still just I still decided that the the, the best way to do it was to keep the to keep the cut really short, and let the audience fill in the rest in their mind. This part feels very, especially the way it's lit, very like blue velvet. Yeah. Kind of. So so uh, her running down the hallway was shot in that house where we did the rest of the honeymoon stuff, but it didn't have a closet that worked for that sequence. So we actually shot the closet in the house that we used for the detective's house oh. um, because it had a great walk-in closet mm-hmm. that I'd shot in before. Uh, and so we made that transition. But you see now that the flashbacks um, start to become a little bit more fleshed out that they're not as fragmented as, as they were. Now, we had prepared to, to do his showers and effect we were going to use steam, whatever, but he really wanted to have the water running, so, yeah. Doesn't look like he shampooed, though. No. <laughs> you can see the tags on the clothes now <laughs> in the closet yeah. there. Now, that was important to, to us um, to have that. Now she's catching up with the information that the detective has, so we're all almost in the same spot. Right. Um, and and uh, what I what I wanted to to do, and it kind of starts here, is is we've been moving at a at a sort of deliberate pace, but now there's sort of a ticking clock coming into the situation where um, the urgency is increasing, mm-hmm. and and you know the you know now for example. You know, she got to do all her investigation while he's out of the house, and mm-hmm. you know everything kind of building up, um, which which takes the thriller up to another level. We in the script we played with locking the door sooner. Um, the first time she got locked in was supposed to be after she'd gone out and and been in the office for the first time, mm-hmm. um, but we felt it gave too much away, so we we moved it here. And it it makes a lot of sense to line up like he's starting to mm-hmm. know that it's falling apart. And behaving a little creepier even towards her. Right. Yeah. So again, you know, just beyond the bushes of the tennis court, 
Um, but we we shot in in a way that you couldn't couldn't tell. <laughs> you couldn't you couldn't see the the lights and the fence and everything. So uh, a little piece of trivia: the the bedroom door doesn't have a traditional lock on it. If you look at it in the wide shot, you see it actually got a it actually locks from the top. It has a, a lever, mm. um, but we needed to have the key and the lock picking and everything. So the the art department added a fake lock to the to the door, and uh, in order to create the locking mechanism in between the two doors, we used a strip of black tape. But that that lock is not real, and it does not turn. And there's your black tape. There you go. <laughs> Looks like it. I like that she picks the lock twice with the bobby pin. Like, never underestimate a bobby mm -hmm. pin, you know? Yeah, so this is Simi Valley. And we shot this the same day that we did the mall um, because they were about a block away from each other. So, again, we were able to keep the locations tight together. Um, and it was a, uh, it was a former countrywide uh, mortgage call center. And so, you know, it was something obviously that didn't that didn't survive the uh, the the real estate bust, but it was this massive building with mm -hmm. just cubicles, you know, that just went as far as you could see, and and we used it for for her office. But again, um, you know, a lot of the furniture, decorations, everything had to be brought in because this place was empty. And see more pictures that we took on our our photo day. Photo day. <laughs> You know, it, it, I, I had a lot of conversations with, with cast and crew members about, you know, having to do these inserts of computers and things. But, you know, one of the things about now is computers are so ubiquitous and alive. Yeah. You can't do an investigation or a mystery or anything without them. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, do we have to do the computer thing? I'm like, well, what else, what else are you yeah, going to do? Yeah, it really <laughs> is not contemporary if you don't have computers and cell phones. Yeah. And they're very tricky. I mean, because it's 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 everything had to be prepared in advance, and mm -hmm. it had to work. And so so now you know, uh, art departments, you know, prop departments have to have like, you know, uh, you know, tech people, yeah, on their teams in order to make all this stuff work. Which uh, I'm very very proud. We did almost everything uh, on the computer live on set. Oh wow! Um, and having those photos in advance really helped uh, pull that off. But again, so you see, even here. Um, you know, we have the dual investigations, him at the officer on the computer. It had to be edited together just right so that, you know, the eureka moment was yeah, was happens. even. Yeah, they both find the right who the yeah. real Russell is <laughs> at the same time. And those are the glasses. There's Danny Bucco, um, great actor. Funny, so he and he and Brenda both came from the Disney Channel, mm. uh, uh, and they, when they were kids, and so they knew each other. And so they, they, they had a great chemistry um, because they'd known each other for so long. And there we go. You know, so literally we'd shot, we shot the two scenes uh, back to back with, at a honeymoon location. And this uh, honeymoon stuff, I think was, that was the last stuff in the movie we shot. Mm -hmm. um, we'd start, we, we spent the morning at the hospital doing hospital room stuff, and then we took a van over to the, the honeymoon location and finished the movie. No internet is really like the most horrifying thing. <laughs> I don't know. I I get the worst like anger when there's no internet. I I understand this feeling. 
Yeah, so so there again, this is uh I think that's Yosemite area. Now he's he he's in the car in Pomona and uh we found a, a street on that on that campus that has, you know, tree lines or whatever, and then we shot the exterior of the car um hundreds of miles away. Mm-hmm. But again the, the 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 space of the house really allowed us to do these elaborate moving shots we were constantly pulling people in and out of rooms pushing people into rooms you know really making the the, the use of the space um yeah, and you you feel like all this space and yet she's just it brings that isolation exactly yeah and, I, and anyway the challenge again getting to phones like how do you how do you visually show that he meshed with a phone you know, so you know, we had to use the phone that you could pull the back out of and change the battery. That's a great shot. So again, there was a debate on how much of the body you find. Uh, when we originally shot it, she found the hand and then saw the face. So we had we had made the the dummy have the character's face and mm-hmm. beard and everything. And um, ultimately, in the edit, you know, when if we were working on it and, and finalizing things, we realized that might have been too much. It's really nice to show that he's he's not a professional at this. He just <laughs> doesn't know what he's doing. Right. And I think that, that goes back to, to you know, and if what I was talking to Mike about, it's like, this wasn't, you know, premeditated for months. You know, you probably had a, a couple days at most to throw this together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's okay if it's if it's rough. It, it should be. This is the part where he um, chains her ankle that just makes me so uncomfortable because it looks so painful. So um, one of the things, that, and some people picked up on it and some people didn't, is that the uh, chain he uses for the ankle is the one that he stole from Mr. Khan. So when you see Mr. Khan going into the hospital, there's all these shots of this chain mm-hmm. dangling from his uh, pocket. And that's, that's the one that he, that he uses. And some people picked up on it, some didn't. I did not pick up on that, so that's I hadn't noticed. <laughs> but now I'll have to watch it. I have to go back again. <laughs> you have to go back and watch it again. <laughs> Look for that. Um, but it just looks so painful. Like, again, and oh. so much of it was depending on on her selling it. Mm-hmm. You know, because we know they're the chain, we know they're the foot, but it's it's the look on her face. That that really make that all that all work, and the and the, just the makeuping on that that bruising there. Yeah, no, Megan, Megan loves her bruises. I don't <laughs> say that much. This is a very <laughs> creepy shot too. Like it's never nothing good has ever come from a giant bag of lye. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so again, so this is the parking lot outside that office that we shot at. So it wasn't a, a hardware store at all, but we just had a couple shopping ba- a couple shopping carts and things would just would just sell it and again you know show the a corner of the parking lot that kind of fit the terrain mm-hmm. of what we wanted um even though we're on a hilltop in in simi valley and you know nowhere near northern california you get kind of how small this town is by having her her there that would make sense in a mountain town oh yeah there's one place you can buy lie absolutely <laughs> well i wonder what she was buying the lie for That's, yeah <laughs> Maybe she makes soap. But again, it 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 it's great that you know the the, the script um, 
Which actually, uh, I'll give you a little backstory. We, we've been developing the script for, for years. I mean, I think the first draft was like 2012, 2013. And it was written by uh, Craig Wenman initially, who's a great writer out of Canada that's done a bunch of stuff with. And so we had a lot of time to really go through all of the details and the questions and, mm-hmm. you know, what is the nurse thinking about and everything. So back there, there was a near miss with the cars, and uh, it was too dangerous to do that live, so the two cars were shot separately and put in together in post. Um, something else we wanted to do in the film, we wanted to shoot, we didn't want to use green screen for any of the driving. So all of the, the exterior driving shots were done with camera mounts. And so the, the, you know, the great thing about that is it allowed us to really build up, for example, uh, the police car behind him. We could set the camera up to see both him and the police car at the same time, uh, really building up that, uh, that tension. Um, here's the, the infamous mm-hmm. uh, uh, like foot in the chain shot. Uh, I, I'll call it our homage to, to misery. Mm-hmm. That's what um, I was thinking. <laughs> and and I'll, I'll, so when we first came up with the idea of, of doing this, uh, I talked to the special effects department about building a foot. And we were, we were, we were designing a foot and everything. And, and you know, we, we, we you know, looking at concepts and stuff. And I realized that if we broke the foot the way we were going to, we'd like do the full misery. Mm-hmm the rest of the finale would not be able to happen because yeah. she wouldn't be able to put any weight on that at all. Yeah. Uh, so opt- we, we opted not to do our, our prosthetic foot and instead, you know, use makeup, her her reaction, sound effects to build this sequence. But again, how much of this, it's just her. Yeah, it's really, she has to sell that pain and she does it. I mean, if you look at just the footage of the foot coming out, it's kind of like, eh. but it's it's her reaction to it that, mm-hmm. that really works. Then we tried to shoot, you know, a lot of a lot of low camera angles to to feature the foot, you know, to to you know remind the audience constantly. Remember, there's a very painful foot here. This shot of the stairs is really good too. That's the moment where you're you really see mm-hmm. why those stairs are so important. The hurdle that they are. So originally, when 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 we had the prosthetic foot, um, this was a much more elaborate splint that she had to build, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and it just, you know, once we decided not to do that, it just made everything more believable, rather than trying to create how all of a sudden she was gonna, you know, build this whole splint out of, you know, soup spoons <laughs> and ladles and whatnot. <laughs> Duct tape is is. Good things come from duct tape. Bad things come from lie. That's... <laughs> you should always have duct tape with you. But one of the great things was was with this foot because I was I was a little worried about it. Um, but sitting at that premiere and watching me, or feeling the audience wince around me for all of that, mm-hmm. which is so so rewarding. And so uh, you know, the average shoot days um, about about twelve hours. So. You, you you get a lot of daylight, but you also go into night. And especially a movie like this, which takes place mostly during the day, you you know, you run out of daylight and like what do we do? So we shot this garage scene at night and and blasted light through the windows. And the only thing we shot during the day before the sunset was the shots with the door. Mm-hmm. So this was obviously shot during the day, but everything with her in the car, going through the car, looking at the phone, all of that was done at night.
Did you add the like the hanging bike and all of that to the? No, I think that was actually there. Um, I I think you know after after a while we had to kind of pick and choose our battles, uh, budgetarily, and I think I think the the garage was the uh, the point where we did kind of let it go. Here's the part where we have the reveal that the real Russell, yeah, is indeed no longer with us. It, it, and, and, and so that shot was actually shot at night, and we mm-hmm. just we just lit it so bright that you couldn't tell, and um. Uh, it it was it was different in the script and and you know I'm I'm on the fence as to which version was better, but there was something interesting about her not seeing it mm-hmm. and and kind of hiding it to her, as opposed to her finding it in the car herself. Definitely the, gives us a different emotional mm-hmm. you know thing because she for all she knows the her real husband's still out there somewhere mm-hmm. she doesn't know. Uh, and the other version was much more horror movie. Mm-hmm. Which you know, again, we wanted just to to, you know, it's a very fine line between horror and thriller, uh, and we wanted to make sure we always stayed on the right side of that of that line. But again, just see, so just you know, also taking advantage of of the opening tour of the house when he was first walking it through, and you know, here's the kitchen, here's the you know, uh, uh, you know, while the audience may not have recognized it at the time, we were giving you. A complete, a complete geographical layout. So mm-hmm. now you know exactly how these rooms are all connected. Mm-hmm. Um, that allows us to kind of take you through this, this journey and build up the suspense because we know this room leads to this room, leads to the stairs, leads to the hallway. Lead, you know, we we know that that path. And uh, I got to give uh, credit to a, a wonderful editor, uh, Randy Carter, who I've worked with uh, many times. Um, you know, for putting these sequences together. Uh, in a way that, that builds up just the right amount of, of, of suspense and, you know, the timing is impeccable. And that, yeah, this is such a good moment where you're so, like, oh, please don't find the foot. Please don't find the foot. <laughs> <laughs> so that, um, that front gate sign was actually a, um, it was a, a, an entertainment center, like with a control for like music in the house. Oh. And so, but it was a cool panel, so we just added front gate to it in post. Um, but it was just a, it was just the entertainment control. And uh, the the these two sides of the conversation were shot um, on on different days. Yeah, the the actual location of the uh, the buzzer, which is where he is, um, didn't allow us to do this nice push in shot, so we we cheated for the other one. And this is the very first shot we shot with Dennis Haysbert. Oh. <laughs> Towards the end here. Um, so this reveals that this was like his family's yeah. estate. So that kind of answers that. How is he ha- have access to this giant house? Yes. And we, that was a shot. We, we were on the fence. There were cuts of this movie that did not have that in it. And at the end of the day, I, I decided, you know, it, it, we gotta, we gotta put that in. That has to be there. Yeah, I think it, I think it really um, makes the whole thing more believable because mm-hmm. you're like, oh, of course he had this giant house. Other, otherwise, you're like, did he kill the people who had the house? Right. Like, and you know. uh, the 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 uh, the former boss, when he's interviewing him, does mention that uh, you know Ryan Garrity had a you know had 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 a place up north or some kind of. Mm-hmm. He made a reference to it at, yeah. at one point. Really sets the the tone of what kind of mm-hmm. background he has to that he has this big house mm-hmm. in his family 
of course, the, the, the house probably doesn't cost as much in, in, you know, the woods of Northern California as it does in Malibu. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we had to cheat the windows a little bit because um, uh, the actual windows in the, in the kitchen didn't quite have the, the, the vantage point that we needed. It here's, to. Our, here's our white truck with a winch. It's like we're finally finding all the missing pieces. <laughs> And then, the, of course, the question, and even until on the day, we didn't really know how we were going to uh, have Russell attack Dennis. And we were kind of like walking through it and, and trying a couple different things. And and then when we, we were looking, it's like, hey, what if he came out of the garage? Mm-hmm. And that was something I think we came up with on the day because what we had planned didn't didn't really work. Such good good timing with her getting there right when this happens. We actually re- so her reaction here the reshoot um, because initially she didn't look down in the right direction, and and Randy the editor called me and said you know what you 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 want to change that and so we we reshot it. But here's another great scene uh, where really if you look at Brenda's performance, you know how everything he's doing is sold really by her mm-hmm. and and her reaction and her pain. It's another foot foot moment where yeah. I just I wince every time it's like and the way I remember when we when we when we rehearsed it on set and and you know we talked about how to play this and again instead of getting like angry and shouting and you know again he keeps it very quiet and and the way he kind of almost lovingly rubbing it if you look mm-hmm. at it, it it's, it's really creepy that it could be <laughs> you know he looks like he's giving her a massage and she's clearly in pain but again like how much of this is that look on her face mm-hmm. but again there's what the the wide angle close-ups that we that we used I love that kiss. He yes. made that up. That Ugh. was it's it really seals just how creepy he is. <laughs> really seals it. And again, I mean, you know, if you see under the dome and some of the stuff he's done, you know, he's a hero of the show. <laughs> you know, he is he is the Boy Scout. And this was a scene we shortened. There was originally a lot more dialogue here. And and I, 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 again, pacing, I felt like, okay, we don't need another scene in the bedroom where yeah. he's, you know, talking. We can, we can kind of cut to the chase. I also like that he's, like, he's left his glasses. He's just destroyed all the fake pictures. He doesn't mm-hmm. even need to be Russell anymore. No. He's just who he is. And we all, it, I remember the, the, the challenge was how do we show Mike Vogel get, get Dennis Haysbert into that fridge? Mm-hmm. And we decided to do it in a series of quick cuts so that you'd never have to see him, you know, pick him up. Uh, so this 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 uh, video here uh, was shot at Calamigos Ranch in Malibu. It's a it's a real wedding venue, mm. uh, popular wedding venue, and uh, we sh- we shot the wedding materials there. We shot this video there, and also the end finale was shot there. And um, unfortunately, like the rest of Malibu, it it really got. The, the fire came very close, mm. and there was, uh, here's the uh, here's the mirror shot that we uh, I talked about. So this is again the mirror was put there for other things, but um, we found this this great opportunity. Um, I just love this shot. And she she really does sell the tension here. Like 
because she thinks the detective's not there to help her anymore. Yeah. Like, what? how is she going to get out of this? We just don't know. So the original script had zip ties here. And, you know, we, we you know, talking to the stunt coordinator and everything, it's like, how do we, how do we accomplish this with zip ties? And we just mm-hmm. realized that we really couldn't. So uh, we came up with the, the, the rope, and it, you know, the challenge of the rope was, you know, to, to make it look, you know, inescapable, but also give her just enough slack to do all the things that we need her to do in, mm-hmm. in the sequence. Um, so there was a lot. I remember we, we tested a series of different knots, even in pre-production, until we found the right one that worked. Here's her, her bargaining with him is really wonderful as well because you just see that his, with his calm mm-hmm. performance, you know, she knows she has to match that. Yes. So this, this is the, the, the scene where, where it kind of explains it all. Um, you know, we're back at that office and seeing Valley. Um, there was originally a, a, a moment we kind of, it, it didn't work. We took it out of the film, but we had shown that he was eating the same food that she was eating. Mm. So she, he watched her unpack her lunch, and then he unpacked the same thing. Uh, that's a beautiful Calamigos ranch. And this is where all those little voyeuristic moments in their past really mm-hmm. meet his behavior when they're here as well. You know, but again, to 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 get up on the bed next to her and play it, you know, almost as a whisper, um, was was very different than what was on the page, but but so effective. Really ties into I think some of the more entitled feeling people sometimes get about mm-hmm. people they like, rather than just you know anger. <laughs> it's really entitlement. So now we see it as, as events really did unfold. We actually added uh, the line about the parents there uh, in post mm. uh, and reused uh, the footage uh, uh, from that scene um, just because we, we felt like that was something that needed to, you know, we needed to be reminded of how far he went to, to make sure this all happened. And, um, you know, again, I mean, he, he does creepy so well. And, and we cut it out, but the the moment where he's standing over her bed in the hospital, there was a take where he had started to put her hand his hand underneath her hospital gown. And, and even that was, I mean, we're, we're, we go icky here, mm-hmm. but that was a little too, a yeah. little too much. Yeah, because it, it, it fits with, he really thinks he's being this, like, shining knight, mm-hmm. you know? Like I'm giving you the life you always deserved <laughs> by killing everyone that you know. <laughs> Nothing okay. more romantic. Yeah. Here's, a, the, here's that light. It's just so. So good. there, there is, there is a, there is a big, uh, a hole here that I'll, I'll point out that actually, you know, we, we realized on set. Uh, and we just kind of we just kind of went with it. It was like there's nothing we could, nobody else is going to pick up on it. But he has the the um, he had the unicorn dangling from his key key keychain, mm-hmm. and clearly uh, 
Russell has the keys because he's moving his car into the garage. Mm. So how did he get the unicorn inside the uh, inside the freezer? But it was such a it was such a nice moment. We just we ah he took it off. <laughs> we don't know that he always was on the keychain. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> Maybe he has two. <laughs> Here's where the lighter finally pays off. Mm-hmm. This this sequence, you know, was so suspenseful on the page. You know that you, you know, as a, as as a director, I'm I'm always you know wary. Like you know, are we actually able going to be able to create a sequence on screen that like matches that mm-hmm. that same tension? But I think, you know, with with the performance. Editing and the shots, it really, it really did work. But that kind of, you know, even even the shot coming up where he he narrowly misses the lighter, mm-hmm. you know, the whole thing was just it it had to be so carefully planned out where he stands when you know when he moves, what she sees, what she doesn't see, you know, all of that, um, you know, had to had to be just right. She's still calling him Russell, even though. No, that's not his name because he never said what his real name is to her. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. He probably likes that, though. Yeah. That line is so creepy. (laughs) So creepy. Like, I like how her her kind of, her playing him, Mm -hmm. you know, how that brings out that that sweetness in him, you know, which which again, like I, I I do believe that, you know, they would probably still be together and very happy today if it wasn't for those meddling kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's just like he just he snapped a little bit. <laughs> Cause I, I, I think I think he really does just want a life with her. And again, it's like, you know, any chance I could to get to get that bruise, yeah. to get those bruises into frame. You can do that good makeup. You got to really showcase it. This, now, this is this is very interesting. So, um, you know, obviously it's not safe to have uh, your actor in an open flame burning something inches away from their face. So the, what we did was the special effect department built a special rope that had an electric line buried in the middle of it connected to a transformer. And all she was doing was holding the light in front of it. The light, the 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 lighter is actually not touching the rope at all. Oh. They turned up the the transformer a little bit at a time, and the rope burned itself. Oh! So it's a self-burning rope. This whole sequence where he's walking up the stairs with the liquid reminded me of Cary Grant and Suspicion with mm-hmm. the milk. Um, very similar shots. Yeah. Same kind of eerie as the husband trying to kill her, except we know the husband's trying to <laughs> kill her kind of in this one. And I want to say this is the first day. I remember looking at the schedule like, we're really going to do this on day one? Um, But again, there's Candy Glass, and that's a stunt double uh, that got hit over the head. Um, Brenda really did it, but um, uh, that was not not Mike Vogel taking the the Candy Glass. Um, Candy Glass is made out of, like, 
I think it's like sh- like got a sugar. I think it's sugar. Sugar glass. It, it okay. bonded. So it, it doesn't. It's not as. In fact, it's so fragile that we actually had to have two vases mm. because, you know, it doesn't take much effort to break a breakaway vase. So um, we needed to have the uh, a, a more solid version, uh, just you know, for the everyday use. Uh, that was a great stunt double taking a taking a fall there down the stairs. I like the way the um, this shot looks like The Shining. Mm-hmm. You really get that tension, and she's sort of running away the way that Wendy does in The mm-hmm. Shining. And it's just a mountain with no snow. I mean, to, to me, yeah. I mean, to, to, the The Shining is a great example. For, I mean, yes, it's supernatural, but also I think of the the it's also a domestic thriller, you know, in its own way. And I and I think that that you know it's it's a great. It's a great use of a lot of these techniques that mm-hmm. we did here, the steady cam, the use of the long hallways, things like that, uh, definitely uh, influenced by mm-hmm. The Shining. And taking the um, surroundings to really build the tension. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, I often, you know, this is this is basically, you know, this movie has has, has four lead actors. You've got mm-hmm. Brenda, Mike, Dennis, and the house. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> the house does a great job of really feeling the isolation, the tension, mm-hmm. the struggles that she goes through. And this is the part we finally get to see kind of what's beyond. Right. So uh, I used that drone shot to bridge the two because, again, the, the woods behind the house itself is probably like three or four trees deep, and then you're in someone else's yard. So, um, you know, I used that drone shot to kind of push in and tilt up to, and then cut to this this wooded sequence, which is actually this area is at Calamigos Ranch again. Uh, into the back of the property, they have these little trails mm-hmm. and a small pond um, that I had scouted before for another film, but it was great for what we needed here because it's it's... It's not easy to find like a forest environment in Southern California. Um, you know the 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 trees are different, mm-hmm. and the, the you know it's just, it's just not easy. It's definitely a different kind of foliage down mm-hmm. here than Northern California. A lot of junipers up there. So, um, you know, we knew we had a lot. This, this, this whole sequence, you know, basically from the time they enter the wood to the, the time that, that Russell meets at the end was all one day of filming. We knew we didn't have a tremendous amount of time, uh, especially because we, you know, limited in daylight hours. Um, so we pre-blocked this whole thing uh, a couple weeks before production. Uh, with the stunt team, you know, we knew exactly, you know, where this was going to happen, what, you know, how we were going to get hit, where where she was going to fall, where the fight was going to happen. We had all that blocked out in advance. And we actually shot the sequence backwards. So this this part was actually shot very early in the morning, as you can see from the sun. And the, early, the, the cat and mouse stuff you saw earlier was shot at the end of the day. I remember there was a there was a joke at at one point around the, the Netflix offices where they they said you know the, they they call the film uh, secret concussion, 
<laughs> because there's so many shots of people getting hit in the head. A lot of rock, a lot of rock <laughs> shots in this movie. This part, you're not, you're really not sure, like, you know, he's had the chance to kill her a few times, but he still, you know, quote unquote loves her. And it's like, mm-hmm. what is he going to do? Is he going to try again? Is he really going to shoot her? Mm-hmm. It's, it's tough because we know he doesn't want, his hesitation. Yeah. He doesn't want to. And, and we know that. And then, so here we have that callback that we talked about where we know how dangerous he, strong he is. And, you know, even to go back to the kicking of the feet like we did during the, the other, the earlier murder mm-hmm. sequence was important. Now, um, there's a little bit of filmmaking here. So the, the gun that Brenda has is what's called a non-gun. Mm-hmm. So it's a non-functional firearm, but it shoots out um, like a, a, a spark that simulates a muzzle flash. So I guess the best way I could describe it is probably like a very high caliber cap gun. Okay. So it still gives you a little bit of little bit of discharge, uh, but doesn't actually have a projectile. And then um, for Russell, we used air squibs, mm. um, which you don't which don't require pyrotechnics, um, but basically sh- shoot out the blood with a with a very thin air hose that we had naked up his clothes. I love this character moment where she immediately checks to see if he's okay like that mm-hmm. shows you so much about her as a person mm-hmm. that she like even she wants to know he's okay she never even met this guy before <laughs> so this was up by bakersfield mm. um at sunrise and it was one of the first drone shots that we did uh during that shoot and here we see you know he's finally Letting this past go. Yeah, I I actually wrote toy to donate on there myself. Oh, uh, I I couldn't I couldn't read I couldn't read their handwriting, and I thought like, give me the marker I'll do it. <laughs> you also see him in uh not a suit for the first time. Yeah. I think. You know, something relaxed about him. Um, you know, and I just I just love I love this scene. I love, you know, and and you know if. if from a cinematography standpoint, if you look at the way that we that we used color during the film, we we purposefully, you know, we we start it's very it's very kind of dark and and drab, and then you know when she goes to the house for the first time and she thinks she's going into a happy environment, it's very colorful and bright, and then as the house scene progresses, we pull out more and more color until it's it's all you know it's 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 very colorless uh, by the time we get to the woods, and now here we're back in full color again. this lovely note really shows you what kind of relationship mm-hmm. the real Russell and her had. I, I you know, it, I felt like without this, we never really got to hear, we never got to hear his side of the story. Mm-hmm. And it was important to me that, that we did. And then, um, yeah, we just, you know, we, we, this was shot before the, the last season of Stranger Things. So any, any uh, similarities are purely coincidental. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a beautiful little love note, pre-wedding love note. And then note. there's the uh, uh, you saw when she got in the car, there was the uh, the water on the glass that was mm-hmm. intentionally evoking the the beginning of the movie, but a very different, a very different feel. And we recorded uh, this voiceover a couple times. I remember we we had a version of it, and it didn't quite feel right. So when we got into post production, we 
we brought Danny back and, and we did it. It's a, it's a nice sort of bittersweet ending because it's like yeah. everyone's dead, but we know she'll always have this memory of the man right. who really did love her. Yes. And, you know, hopefully she'll, her body will, or her brain will heal with her body. And... <laughs> yeah, and this, this was this was a, a, a shot. I'm... Um, uh, we we I wanted I knew I wanted to play the credits over it so you know we just said well let let the let the camera go as long as we can and we used every frame until the wind uh, uh, stepped in mm. so when it fades to black that's right before the the wind <laughs> the wind had its way with the camera here's the here's the credits a lot of people stay and watch the credits <laughs> there's so many wonderful people that that worked on this movie and. You know, I, 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 I do use a lot of the same crew members over and mm -hmm. over again. Uh, I try to have a family atmosphere on set where we've all worked together for, you know, many films. Um, you know, I've, I've directed, you know, somewhere, you know, over 25 of them. You know, there are people that worked on almost every one of them. Mm -hmm. And I just love working with the same people over and over again. And, you know, I hope you do watch the end credits. They all deserve, uh, you know, attention. Peter, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, do you have any last thoughts you want to leave uh, viewers with? Um, I, I just, I, I, I hope you, you enjoyed the movie as much as we had, uh, you know, we enjoyed making it. And again, thank you again so much to Netflix for giving us the opportunity to do this and for giving me the opportunity to spend a little bit of time with you today and talk about the film. It was a blast. All right, thank you so much and have a good day, everybody. Thank you.